smell like JP. <laughs> oh man. Well, this morning, I feel feeling more safe this way. Um, but of course, we know these chairs are filled with angels. So, um, this morning, what I want to talk about is a life of good works, and uh, I want kind of want to preface this by just talking about like we know that God loves us, right? And we don't have to do anything to earn that love. So this is not about a performance mentality where we're trying to uh, do good things in life to earn God's love or whatever. So this is just in the context of you've given your life to Christ, you've given your life to the Lord to follow him with your whole heart. And now this is what it looks like. God has prepared things for us to do in our life. We have a calling. Um, Paul says, it is no longer I that live, but Christ within me, right? So um, this is in that context. And the intent of what I'm about to say is um, that everyone has a calling, a reason why God created you to live out these things um, for the kingdom of God um, while we're here on earth that will have, um, that will echo throughout all of eternity. Everything we do now in life has eternal effect on people because um, for evangelism, for example, if we preach the gospel, someone receives Christ, that has eternal effect because they are now going to live forever. So um, just being an example. So please do not feel condemned by what I'm talking about, by good work. Like I said, again, we are not trying to earn anything by doing things, but God has a plan for our lives. He loves us regardless um, of our regardless of what we do. So just think about this and be challenged. Um, and ultimately what I, want, I want everyone to come away with is to um, be thinking about how you're going to orient your life around serving Christ. And just begin the process of uh, rearranging your, um, your life. And it's not necessarily about it is and isn't about like priorities, but it's not it's not like that model of like God, family, work, whatever. You know, it's it's about centering everything that we do is for the gospel and because we're following Christ. So, anyway, so to dive right in. Good works. Um, what I mean by that, um, when Paul says in Ephesians two, I'll read in a second here. Uh, good works. The Greek word used. Originally, we all know the Bible was not written in English. It was not the original King James Version was not what Paul was writing. It was Greek and Hebrew in the Old Testament. So the word he used there for good works literally refers to energy. It includes everything from your words to your actions, your labor to um, what you do for vocation. There really is no limit to what he was talking about when he says good works. Um, so just keep that in mind whenever I say good works in this message so um, like I said everyone has a purpose to fulfill in this life that will have eternal value um, and I'm not and as you'll see going forward I'm not talking about just every time you talk to someone about Jesus it's not just only when you're evangelizing or preaching or worshiping um, those are not the only things that have eternal value um, your life is your ministry your entire life everything you do from the time you wake up the time you go to bed, that is all uh, meant to be centered around Christ and your behaviors, your habits, um, your disciplines in life are all to be centered around Christ. 
So, the the first scripture I want to use today um, is kind of like the the core um, the core message here. So it's Ephesians two, verse eight through ten, and I'll be reading. I've been loving the Amplified, unfortunately for you guys lately. So I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified, but I just love how it expounds on words and explains things a little bit better. So um, you can read along or just listen. So it says, For it is by grace God's redeemable, (laughs) redeemable, remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ that you have been saved. You have been actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God, not as a result of your works, nor your attempts to keep the law or religious practices, um, so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for his salvation. For we are workmanship, we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking the path which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. So we can see there that God has prearranged things for us to walk in, our calling. You know, And a lot of times I think in our culture we think, um, callings are like a, a such a huge, um, they're built up to be this thing where, oh man, they have such a calling on their life. They're going to go preach the gospel to nations. And we think like someone with a calling is usually in some sort of Christian ministry, right? It's not like your stay at home mom that's raising kids and probably working a lot harder than uh, a lot of missionaries, you know? So like, <laughs> so I want to emphasize that, like, like when he's talking about a calling here, or when I'm talking about a calling, it's your life, no matter what you're doing. And we can't separate or devalue our jobs or vocations or what we're doing in life from what we call Christian ministry, right? Like the, like I was saying, the stay-at-home mom or the retired veteran has just as much value, just as much purpose as someone who's living in a third world country full time preaching the gospel every single day and isn't working or whatever so um and we also see that um when we're t- when he's referring to the good works and callings and stuff uh, it's just a, a side note to note that there were no missionaries in the bible as well just a just a side note there actually isn't a a word for missionary in the Bible, and we spent a lot of time discussing that in some of our classes in New Hampshire, and just kind of a fun note to think on and challenge you guys with. Hmm, interesting. So, um, so yeah, so like I said, good works are not that which saves us. Salvation comes through believing in Jesus, who is the Son of God, raised from the dead. Um, but at the same time, it shows in Scripture that we are to have we are to complete good works God prepared for us to walk in. So what are those good works? Um, so let's talk about uh, work work ethic here. So Ephesians 6, 
verses 5 through 9, what is our attitude to look like in these good works? So it says, slaves, um, be obedient to those who are your earthly masters with respect for authority and with a sincere heart seeking to please them as service to Christ, not in the way of eye service, working only when someone is watching you and only to please men, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart, rendering service and goodwill as to the Lord, and not only to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, he will receive this back from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. So in Bible times, um, you were either born into a rich family, right? You were either, um, you know, you were born into a maybe a politician or a, a king or whatever, or you were someone who was really good at something and you had and you could earn money by a trade or what you do. And then there were other people who had to be slaves or in modern culture employees, except slaves back then had no rights. You pretty much sold yourself into this position and um, so they worked for these people um, as slaves so their attitude um, Paul is speaking to this attitude of, of slaves to be um, to be good to be working as if you're serving Christ and not in a way where you're just you know working harder than someone's looking and definitely guilty of that I remember when I was working for the footwear company I would um, whenever my boss would come, we'd spend like an entire day ahead of time to like clean the store and like, okay, this is what you do when he's here and this is what you're going to say. And, um, so, and, uh, so there was this, uh, you know, attitude of, well, I'm not going to work as hard when, no, when, um, someone's not watching me. So Paul's saying to work hard, whatever you're doing, um, it says no, no, knowing that whatever each thing, each one does. So. He's not even necessarily speaking to a specific prof uh, profession or whatever. He's saying, whatever you're doing, doing it unto the Lord with a good attitude. Um, and there's no partiality with God regardless of one's earthly status. Whatever you are doing is part of your calling. So going back to that point, um, I know that when I, when I, when I was early young as we believer um i i was working full time and there was a time a period of time a season in my life where i just wanted to get involved with like every minis ministry thing i could do like evangelism team more and worship team and go on cool trips and stuff like that um and then work was just like a side thing like uh, i i can't wait to get out of work so i can go do ministry you know what i mean and uh, I didn't want to just be sitting at home not doing anything. I wanted to be involved in in uh, church activities and uh, be leading things and all this stuff. But um, as we like learned about what these scriptures were talking about, and um, even as I gain more uh, understanding them, that understanding of them now, it's it's really just saying like it, we cannot compartmentalize those things. Like we have to live our life. Um, centered around Christ so that everything we're doing we're thinking of as this is unto the Lord this is me serving Christ so if um, I've got the day off and I'm just moping around the house or whatever I'm doing that consciously of thinking about how I'm serving Christ for that day so what does that look like 
and it's really a mindset in your mind. It's not even necessarily you've got to be doing spiritual things or like worshiping all day or praying all day. It's not about that at all. It's about your state of heart. Um, but everything you're doing is because you're serving Christ and you're following Christ um, and having good work ethic, as Paul was saying for um, in our last scripture I read there. So what is it? What does Paul say to people that are not having good work ethic? This is a little more, this is an intense verse, but I'm going to read it just to see the importance of discipline and work ethic. And this is in the context of healthy community. This is not outsiders. In uh, 1 Corinthians, I just wanted to read this to set the context and Paul's intent here. Um, in 1 Corinthians 5, 12, and 13, he says, what business is it of mine to judge outsiders? Don't you ju judge those who are inside? But God judges outsiders. Put away the evil person from among yourselves. So you can see Paul is not talking about outs people outside the community. This is in the context of the church family. And it's that the intent of this verse is to show you need to have good work ethic and discipline and live intentionally for the gospel. So it is uh, 2 Thessalonians 3, 6 through 15. It's kind of a long one, so just bear with me on this one. It says, Now we command you, believers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by his authority, that you withdraw and keep away from every brother and sister who leads an undisciplined life and does not live in accordance with the tradition and teaching that you have received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example, because we did not act in an undisciplined or inappropriate manner when we were with you. We were never idle or lazy, nor did we avoid our duties, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with labor and hardship, we worked night and day to pay our own way so that we would not be financial. We would not be a financial burden on any of you for our support. Not because we do not have the right to such support, but we provided our own financial support to offer ourselves as a model for you so that you would follow our example. For even while we were with you, we used we used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either. Indeed, we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined and inappropriate life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies, meddling in other people's business. Now such people we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work quietly and earn their own food and other necessities, supporting themselves instead of depending on the hospitality of others. And as for the rest of you believers, do not grow tired or lose heart in doing good, but continue doing what is right without weakening. Now if anyone in the church does not obey what we say in this letter, take special note of that person. Do not associate with him so that he will be ashamed and repent. Keyword, repent. Do not regard him as an enemy, but keep admonishing him as a believing brother. So it seems like a pretty intense verse, right? But what he's really trying to get across is that we need to live disciplined lives, we need to work hard as unto the Lord. That's a godly principle. So we are not being lazy and idle, as he was saying. Um, so where was I headed from here? To follow that up in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, Paul also says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, 
their very best to win, but only one receives the prize, run your race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. Now every athlete who goes into training and competes in the games is disciplined and exercised with self-control in all things. They do it to win a crown that they do it to win a crown that withers, but we do it to receive an imperishable crown that cannot wither. Therefore, I do not run without a definite goal. I do not flail around like one beating the air, just shadow boxing. But like a boxer, I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached the gospel to others, I myself will not somehow be disqualified as unfit for service. So he's saying, and what I'm saying, is that we need to live purposefully with uh, discipline and diligence serving Christ. So everything we do in life should be centered around the kingdom of God, centered around the gospel and us following Christ. A few weeks ago, I had shared kind of my heart on um, how the gospel is not an easy thing sometimes, that we have to die every single day. And it's just kind of in the context of that, like it's it's been my heart the last few weeks is that we really need to stop compartmentalizing our lives where it's like we think one part of our life doesn't have value. It's like everything you do in life has value and it's unto the Lord and it's because you've given your life for Christ. So um, so begin to, to just reshape your life. Think about everything as ministry. Don't think you're not in ministry because you're not in what our culture calls ministry. Everything you do is ministry um, from, like I said, staying at home with your kids, raising kids, you're discipling, you're pouring into them from your heart. Um, if you're, like I said, retired, Jay, you're, you've got all this time and you're just serving Christ with, with your time and it's not invaluable because you're not working, you're doing ministry. Like everything you're doing um, has value. So begin to just think about those and meditate those on those things this week and um, it's not a matter like I said of prioritizing um, in a way where you're like compartmentalizing things which is really hard for guys by the way because we're like oh well, my work life is over here I'm gonna do this over here and then I gotta come home and, and spend time with my wife here and then well I got church stuff that's over here um, it's really, we need to put it all together as thinking of it as our ministry. Like this is my life as a whole and everything is being affected by the fact that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. So just think about that and meditate on this this week. And, um, and God will bless, uh, this is a quote, God will bless our diligence, not our laziness. It's by Thomas Watson. Thought it was a intense but really awesome quote. So think about that. He will bless you in your diligence and your discipline. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of what I want to encourage you guys with today. And yeah, that was all. You want to add something? Awesome. It's just it's such an exciting thing. I think when we get to live this way that every part of our life matters so i'm while he was speaking i was thinking of how you know we've being led by the lord both 
got jobs so that we could support ourselves and really get rid of debt and things like that. But the job is not primarily for money. It's primarily for ministry. And I think that's that's the type of thing we're talking about. I go to Kohl's every morning that I work or every day that I work. I'm spending time in the morning saying, okay, God, I know I'm working with this person, this person, and this person. And I pray for them. And I ask God for opportunity to be a light to them, whether that means talking directly to them or being an ear to listen to or praying for them. I've prayed for plenty of my um, fellow employees um, there. Whatever it means for you in your context, it's saying, God, like, take control of this that I have, right? Marie's actively doing that even now with the work that you're doing because God put it on her heart to make blankets for people on the streets. So she's using her resources and her time to honor God in what he's put in her heart to do, right? That's And that's the type of thing. We have talents. How are you using your talents for the Lord? How are you using the gifts that he's given to you for him? Wh- how is it serving unto eternity? And I was thinking one last thing is um, Francis Chan, I believe, is the one who does it. But uh, in one of his messages, he brings up this huge rope that's like massive, right? And it's across, say, across this whole room. And then he grabs like this tiny little part at the beginning and he says, this is your life on earth and the rest is eternity. To give perspective, our lives on earth are a tiny piece of eternity of what we're living for really and it doesn't sometimes it's really easy to get caught up in our day-to-day stuff and feel like life is going to be very long and it drags and it's hard and stuff like that but if we keep reminding ourselves that our lives are this short and everything we do in this tiny span of time is going to affect eternity for us that's amazing and it gives for me at least, an excitement like I want to use every minute of my day to do something valuable in eternity. Like, and it doesn't have to, like with Kayla raising her kids or Stephen and Kayla raising their kids together, uh, um, but Kayla being home during the day, that can get wearing. Like anyone who's had kids knows that. You're, I haven't even had kids and I know that, but <laughs> you're at home day in and day out disciplining and feeding and correcting and cleaning and cycles of that over and over and over and over and over again and it can be like what the heck am I doing with my life like does this mean anything but it means everything because you're training like Tommy was saying you're discipling your kids to become lovers of Jesus followers of Jesus and healthy adults who can contribute to uh, society the gospel and be other lights and it also is unto the Lord right everything we do is unto the Lord God I'm doing this for you by you and what you want me to do with it I will do and we have to sometimes that takes time for us to change our mindset so that we're living in that way you know so we're not approaching our job as just a means of money, but we're approaching our job as primarily a means for ministry, a means to bring the kingdom of God into the earth. And a byproduct is we make money at the same time, which then makes it even more joyful, right? (laughs) Because I've done a lot of missions work where I don't get any money. (laughs) 
and you're sowing, sowing, you're giving your life every day and doing this. And I'm like, wow, I get to be at Kohl's ministering to people and they pay me for it. That's incredible. Like that's a gift from the Lord. Um, so use your time in that way. Like he's saying, this is what it's all about. So I just wanted to kind of emphasize that. And that was in my, my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So be encouraged. Um, like I said, everyone has a purpose and a calling on this life. And I think the main emphasis is to understand, like, just because you're not doing uh, a, a ministry that has, like, some sort of position in a church does not mean it's invaluable. Like, everything everyone does is has so much value, and it's just as important. Like, that, like I said, it's the person who... Um, you know, the least in, in the kingdom is the greatest, as Jesus said, right? Like the person who um, has got no, like, outward position or whatever, and it's just, um, you know, people see as lowly or whatever is has the just as much value as someone who is pastoring a huge ministry or whatever. Um, it's it regardless of what it looks like on the outside. It's the state of the heart, and um, that's what's really important is doing it because you're following Christ and you're being intentional about that. So any anyway, that is all I've got. I'm awkwardly closing now. <laughs>